Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Well, welcome back, Addison. Oh, thanks, Brad. Yeah, how was your weekend? Oh, that's good. Yeah? Got some uh, yard work done. Got a uh, little bit of work on the boys' PW50, but nice. yeah, still needs more work. Some pictures. That was looking fun. Yeah, he had the opportunity to bring a, a bear home from school and yes. kind of spend a weekend with it. So he wanted to show off that he had a motorcycle is basically the <laughs> the main point. I don't blame him. I would have, too, at his age. So, so the question is, did he actually ride with he Cinnamon did. Bear? He did. he did. Now, he can't balance very well, so I'm kind of holding the back of the bike out. He's still learning. Yeah. Um, we've got a plan. I think I mentioned it before, but for Father's Day, we're going to go out and learn to ride. He's yes. going to get used to balancing in the whole everything. But he can run the throttle and the brakes, and he's got the, the main points down. He's just not so good at balancing. I should yeah. probably have taken the training wheels off of his pedal bike first, but oh well. Oh, really? Why not learn to ride a motorcycle first? <laughs> yeah. Well, then you can works. take them off the pedal bike, and you're good to go. Yeah, he shouldn't have any problems, but he's... Uh, yeah, he was excited to do that, and it didn't run very well. So after he kind of sat in the driveway for a minute with it idling, it died. And I'm like, it'll be nice. So whether okay. it sells or not, I can ride it. Okay. Um, so I got to get a little bit of tune-up oil change for the new season and kind of mm. check check the valves, a few things just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. Well, costs you know money, but I understand that anything. you want it to be right. The valve check's free. Okay, that's understandable. Now, if it needs anything, although I should do it anyway if it needs anything. Mm-hmm. But if it needs anything, it'll cost me, what, five, six bucks in valves. Not okay. a big deal. It's worth it for that but uh yeah that'll probably be throughout the week it looks like friday saturday sunday they're all supposed to be 60 degrees and sunny so it's time to get the bike out yeah it's been a while yeah it'd be good no more bites though uh no no i don't know that my ad's still up i'm kind of purposely letting it lapse i think it's a good idea we talked about this a little bit last yeah. week that uh get some people a little disappointed maybe that have been following it and then it shows up if anyone's waiting for the good weather here it is and then it's gone, and I'll pop it in right, you know, this it, weekend. It was a nice weekend, though. I'm just saying. It was a very sunny weekend. I saw people out on the bikes. I did see a lot of people riding this yes. weekend. Yes. That's awesome to see. Made me a little disappointed I, as I'm in there <laughs> working on my bike that uh, I couldn't go out for a yeah. little quick jaunt into the woods or whatever. Agreed. I'm out buying, you know, hardware for a gate and a fence and watching all these motorcycles ride past and just me and the kids, so I can't go anywhere. But it was a great day for that. I mean, I did some it work was. outside. I put the window in the exterior that got broken out when we went to the motor You got show. that done. Yes, finally. Nice. It was a good day, though, for it. And it went together really easy. Looks good. I can't uh, I can't complain. I'm happy to have uh, completed that. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. I, I feel bad that it ever happened. but Yeah, it's all right. I know we didn't talk about that on the air, but uh, it was frustrating, but it was it ended up working out. It's uh, We got it fixed. That's what's important. I don't have to worry about somebody just sticking their hand through plastic now. So we went to the monster truck show, and it definitely there was nothing in the vehicle. You ended up going. How was it? It was fun. It was a good time. Okay, so keep going. But what, so my wife just loves monster trucks. Okay, so I mean, you had of course you had Grave Digger, you had Max D. Okay. Those were the two Those that were the, kind of the, the big else. ones, right? And then oh man, I can't remember the Megalodon. Is that the yeah okay? Is that the shark thing? Yeah. And then there was Snoop uh, Snoop or Snoopy. Yeah, Snoop. Not Snoopy. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yes, I don't talk Scooby Doo. My gosh, I'm having a hard time. Mean. Yeah, I'm glad you knew, but nobody else knew. Lane's super into monster tracks. So. Yes, 
Yeah, so my wife is, so she wanted to go to that as kind of our getaway together while we had some people in town that could watch our son, and so we did it, and we had a good time. It was fun. Good. It's fun. I can't handle traffic, and I had to deal with that a little bit leaving, and uh, thank you, phone, for misleading me and sending me back to the Moda Center after we had got away from it. Yeah, so that was a little frustrating, knowing that I was going into the hornet's nest, but uh, aside from that, it was good. Yeah. We We had a good time. Good. And this weekend, so aside from doing uh, some work on the Xterra, I did some work on a refrigerator, unplugged a, yeah, well, it was defrost uh, drain tube that goes into the evaporator and the bottom of the refrigerator was plugged. No fun. And then tore apart the KLR motorcycle a little bit further. Yeah, so I know you were working on the bike this weekend. Yeah. What updates do you have for... Uh for everybody here. The cylinder jug looks good. I, I, I am okay. happy to see that that looks good. Um, still have needed, scoring. Still have like the original crosshatching. Yeah, still original crosshatching. Nice. There's one area where you can see something, but it's not something that you can actually feel. So it, I don't know. I don't know what you would call that. Some physical or some visual. Was it like a transfer of material from the rings? No. No. It wasn't anything. There was nothing there. Just maybe it, a load you, spot. Maybe. Or the way that the, the arm pivots, the crank pivots that you're... Yeah, but it's not anything, you can't even feel it okay. as you run your finger across it. So I'll go through and I'll hone it, might as well, while I have it apart. Okay, I see, I've got a, I don't know if you have one You, for you that mentioned one. that, I looked forward to using that. Okay. And so then I'm also going to pull the piston off, clean that up, check the diameter, check everything while I've got it out, the rings, make sure that everything's within spec, because of course I'm still trying to figure out why I was losing oil. And then uh, pull apart the head, and I'll be checking the valves, and might as well replace the valve stem, valve stem seals while I'm at it. That could be another culprit for losing oil. And then I did notice a little bit of caking on the yeah. underside, near kind of the front behind the skid plate, of the that maybe was coming from the oil filter cap. So either messy oil changes that was in a spot that was hard to clean, or... I don't know. Do you have a cartridge oil filter? or I is do. it Okay. Well, it's an insert oil filter. It's an insert. Okay. So yes. it's just the filter itself. You pull the housing off, yeah. replace the filter, replace the whole assembly. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that could be, depending on how that seals. Did, was the O-ring It feels good? good. It feels going. I looked at the O-ring. Visually, it looks fine, but that's okay. the only other place that I've seen oil. So... It's interesting trying to track that down. I wonder. I'd be curious to hear what happens when you get the valves. You know, the valve springs off and pull the valves apart. I'm curious what they look like because it, yeah. it sounds like that's about the only real corporate. If if the cylinder walls are good, it seems unlikely there's a bottom end issue. Right. You know. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree. Which is good. Agree. I mean, that's going to save you all kinds of disassembly time and money. Right. right. The last thing you want to do is pull up, break up, break a bunch of seals. On the case itself, crack that case just to turn around and put it back together. Sure. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Sounds like you're uh, not too far from from being back on the road. No, I, I'm looking forward to getting it done. I'm looking at about two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars worth of parts. I'm going to order some just little bits and pieces just to kind of complete some things on the bike that were removed or missing. So nothing major, but like fasteners. Just okay. so that way they all match. I'm using sure. factory factory hardware, so uh, yeah, three hundred bucks right now. I can't complain. If it grows, if I end up having to do valves, of course that'll increase substantially. But uh, we'll so see. Is it, are they pretty expensive for that? Well, it's bike? just more, right? Okay. And if I'm gonna, you know, I'm now I'm at a point. Do I decide to do 
just one if it's just one or do I do all four right so I've got some questions and then if I'm going to do valves if they're bent or anything I'm probably going to have to do seats and so just it can grow from there I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. We'll have to we'll have to see. Keep uh, keep us updated. I'm oh, curious, for sure. For sure. Curious where that comes out. Yeah, I'm hoping that you beat me with one of your project bikes. I'm just saying. But yeah, we'll yours see. aren't uh, yours are quite a bit more extensive than mine. Yeah, it's taking a well. That's depend. You know, that depends on on how you consider extensive. At this point, it's a lot of cosmetics, right. which can be very time consuming. But right, the mechanicals the are all done and ready. And now, yeah. yep, now it's a matter of. Kind of completing the the aesthetics of it, so hopefully this week I can get the paint booth ready and start actually painting some parts. So how much more do you have to do on the paint booth? I have to finish the second frame on it, and then literally at that point just put up the plastic sheeting and it's ready. So oh, nice! Really pretty close. It's, it's just close. a matter of well, let's clarify. To actually use it, I need to clean out the garage a lot more. Okay. So there's you said that the, that's the time you've mentioned part. that that is a planned event that you want to do anyway before yes. you even did that's, this paint yep. booth that's been sitting in the spring cleaning checklist for a while now and it's just a matter of doing it this is kind of a motivation to get it done sooner mm-hmm. um actually in just making the first half of it that i built it was really not too bad i got a good portion of it open of the garage open kind of shifted things around and found that i have a little more space than i thought i did so good Cleaning up some of the old project parts that are done and cleaning up some of the, you know, old pieces that I've replaced and getting them off the ground has freed up a lot of floor space. So yeah. It's not too bad. I should have that available with not too not too long from now. I, I imagine by the end of the week if I really put some effort into it, mm. I could be ready, but we'll see what else comes up. There's always family things that happen, and I think that's what uh, what makes life fun, right? You sure. and I are kind of always in that boat that we want to... Want to focus on bikes, but family comes first, so. Yeah, makes it tough. Other projects come in, and that's that's all right. Yeah. They'll get done. Yeah. We've got a big car show here coming up in generally August, right? Yeah, I think it was August uh, 9th last year. Yeah. 7th or 9th. So, so it'll probably the goal is to have everything ready by then, bringing yeah. multiple bikes. That's a good goal. Yeah, I got it. Last year was there was a couple of bikes. It's getting better in the bike scene, but at that car show, last but. year kind of was disappointing. The first year we got a lot of guys excited about bringing bikes. We had a ton. We did have a ton of bikes, but a ton lined of up regular generic dirt bikes. Last year we had some customs. The whole point is for people to bring their hobby, their whatever they're passionate about. In it's not like we have a lot of customs. That's fair. We have a lot of just normal restorations for cars and trucks and then we have some that are a little more on the custom side we get some motorcycles that are a little bit maybe semi i mean a lot of motorcycles end up being kind of custom in general you kind of make it your own but uh it was pretty i'm I'm looking forward to this year and seeing what happens we've got a lot more guys that have been uh, brought in to work that are motorcycle and car enthusiasts so i think there's going to be a few more entries i'm looking forward to it that's true we should switch it up a little this year Mm-hmm. Have some some new blood. Yes, it'll be good. Last year was a pretty good show. I think it was, oh, it was a legitimate awesome. show. It was awesome. Awards for all entries, plus awards for those that win. Not awards, but entry plaques for everyone who entered. It, it felt felt like a real car show, a real yeah. auto show, a real road. What did we call it? A uh, it wasn't just bike and car show, but it was a whatever we called it. Ride in, drive in. I don't yeah. remember. CBDC. The, the ride cruising, cruising. There it we go. It was a cruising. Yes, except more of the show volume because we had. Yeah, well, and we had 
a boat or two. Why not? Yeah, so... But, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting you ready for those. That's kind of my goal, I guess, yeah. focusing too much on a show that only those of us that work here can really participate in, but... Uh, it's great. You can't come, but it's great. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's a good, you know, it's a good point. August, pre-off-season, it gives me time to get everything ready, yeah. polished up, and, yeah. and hopefully we'll do another one show next year. I can submit them for entry there and kind of just cool. see what I can show them off a little bit and... See what can happen there. So that's that's the goal. I think August is my. I think you should easy enough try to, get, to get those into the auto shop. Also, like to uh, get a new bike in there. Oh, talk about getting rid of this scrambler. I know everybody yes. knows it. Yes, really. It's not a yeah, not a not a <laughs> shock in any way. Um, but uh, today I thought we'd talk a little bit about new bikes. Right. So like new, I trade in my KLR two fifty for my dad's XT three fifty, or for a brand new ninety eight three fifty. I think it's early nineties. Is it early nineties? I didn't know. Yeah. The year. but it's interesting. You know, I've always talked about wanting just maybe just a little bit more, not a lot. But you start looking at the specs, and I mean, it's definitely better. It's but not a lot. We're not talking twice the horsepower or anything like that. But uh, am I being loud? Do you want me to call No, I, I'm just concerned everyone heard me pop my neck right there. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody should know. I know it's you just made loud it. in my head. Now everybody knows what the noise was. No, why not? Might as well call it out. So anyway, I've been looking and researching uh, KLR 250s and XT 350s uh, for the last couple days since uh, my dad had mentioned that. So I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting thought. So if you've got an opinion, I, I, I don't want to hear it, but please tell me. Yes. Well, I know we chatted a little bit. This isn't a new subject for us today. Now, I guess it is a new subject for us today, but not for this moment. Um, but uh, my thought, I mean, same thing. I, I'm a Yamaha fan. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they are probably pretty similar. I would imagine the XT350 being more off-road oriented mm-hmm. would be just better on the low-end RPMs. I sure. think that's your one benefit. Otherwise, I think, you know, top-end, they're going to be... You were showing me the horsepower numbers are basically the same. Yeah. Torque really isn't that much different. But my bet would be that the XT, I haven't ridden both of them, so I don't know. Right. But that the XT comes in sooner. Yeah, and then I'm looking at air-cooled versus water-cooled. It's a double-edged there's sword. A, there's, I mean, the suspension travel, I don't know if you noticed that, but actually it was quite a bit worse on the XT350 in really? the rear. It was only three inches. Oh, really? Versus... See, I was 9.1 like, inches on okay. the KLR250. So that's why I'm like, ah, it depends three on... inches. Yeah, it was yeah, 10 inches for the average. front forks. Unless the place I was looking up, and I could be wrong, so if somebody has some better uh, information, then let me know. But I looked it up, and the specs were showing so that. I, always, I, I was under the understanding the XTs were a long travel bike. Hmm. How was the front? Did you see that? It was 10 versus 9.1. So the, the XT had more? Yeah, but only, I mean, well, 0.9. Strange. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. That's I, I'm surprised odd. by that. It is odd. However, most of your handling and all of that's going to come from the front end. Mm-hmm. So, as long as it's sprung correctly, that's not the end of the world to have short rear travel. But I'm surprised by it. Yeah, yeah. So I've got some things to think about, and I'm not saying it's I an know. Interesting change. The other thing would be: Do I sell my KLR? No. And then, do I use that money then for? Another motorcycle. Get something else. Get right. Your scout. Or and if I get this XT, even I use it for a year and I try to sell it. Am I where am I at as far as value? They're probably pretty similar. They probably are. What research I did, at least in the market, it seems like people are looking at buying one or the other. Yeah. From the little research I could find, yeah. and they were in the same ballpark. Sure. Bike. 
Yeah. However, the, you know, the generally... It depends the on the area, are, too, that you're the in. The area and the ages, there's a bigger gap in the two yeah. you've got than yeah. you're thinking about. We're talking about 12 years. Then, uh, but they don't the drop much more than where they are. They're both going to stay right so about the... I figure they're worth fifteen. Similar mileage. 2, How's the mileage? About the same. Okay. Like uh, the so XT probably, has about eight thousand. The KLR has you know just over ten thousand. So they're probably about the same. Worth about the same. Yeah. 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 You're probably looking at a pretty. I mean, it's a fair trade mm-hmm. if that's something you wanted to do. But yeah. And neither of them have great aftermarket capabilities or or options. So I mean, it's not like I'm getting a lot more. I think the XT might have a few more things that you can do to it if you really wanted to. But I'd probably just keep it mostly stock. The word, the only thing I could see doing is maybe putting a rack on the back to be able to put a little bit on there, strap something on a little bit easier. But sure. other than that, I don't foresee myself doing a whole lot with it. Yeah. So sort of, like I'm going to set it up with huge bags and take it on a milk crate. adventure. Just a milk Bolted crate? Just a milk crate? Yes. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that way like, everybody has their milk on our adventure rides? Yeah. It's yeah. the XT350 hard bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you that, that it, you know, when I spent time in Brazil, that's that was the bike of choice, was a DT250. Okay. Yeah, you didn't go into too much detail, um, really. I mean, that, if you had a nice daily rider bike to do everything in Brazil, right, because the roads aren't ideal, it was a DT250. Okay. So, I mean, it's the same class of bike. The XT is similar, a little more off-roady than the DTs. But okay. Same general. So, class what's the difference bike. between you've got the TT, the DT, and the XT? Do you know the differences? The TT should be more off-road oriented. Sure. And then the XT, I believe the XT is kind of the US dual sport adventure-ish 350. Okay. Uh, it's kind of the, uh, as far as I understand, back then they don't make them. I think 2000 was the last yeah, year for the XT. Um, but. For the XTs, the it was kind of the in the KLR class. They are a similar thought right. in bike. Now the K was a KTX, KLX. Yes. I don't know why I put a T in there. The KLX might be a little more similar okay. to the XT than that because Yamaha, like they had a smaller Tenere and they had a couple of other options for the rally type bikes that mm-hmm. were more suited to be KLR competitors but right. um but the tt i think generally is a little more it's a dirt bike with lights yeah and the xt is meant to be a dual sport if you look them up they look very similar but yeah. the tt was only available for a few years whereas the well, xt can, was a longer duration i think you can get tts again now oh. and they're yeah kind of, it seems but like it's a dirt bike with lights. XTs, yeah yeah that's yeah that's all it is now it's your dual sport your mm-hmm. generic Dirt bike with light, trail bike with lights. Right. We so, put on a little bit quieter exhaust and gave you lights and maybe a little taller, six fifth, you know, fifth gear, a little taller, so sure. you hit the highway a little harder. But yeah. Basically, it's the same bike, same okay. engine, same same work. I don't know about the TT and the XT, but I assume it's a similar platform mm-hmm. to where they're not all that different. That's interesting. But it would be. Uh, I think you're good with both bikes, man. Especially if you're not looking for. If you're looking to keep your KLR for a long term and you just want something different, then this would be a great change because now you can still keep it long term and have something a little different. Yeah. But if you're talking, you know, in a year, 
looking for something else anyway, it may not matter what choice you make. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think if I was going to sell it, I, for whatever reason, I think that the newer bike being in the 2000s helps it be appealing sure. as opposed to looking. If I'm looking at bikes on Craigslist, you, sure. know, you see the 70s and 80s and maybe early 90s, and you're like, not that it's bad, but you're going, okay, there's other things that I'm going to have to maintain, which is going to be true even if I get it, yeah. that I'm going to have to go through, check, and replace potentially. But both, service. both bikes are not entirely common to find any longer, and they both kind of have a following. So I think yeah. you'd be good with either. Uh, my concern, and I, you know, I know you're getting it from family. That would be my big concern: is am I going to be comfortable making the trade, and then a year later flipping it? Yeah, right. Or would yeah. I rather just say, nah, you know what, I'll live with what I got, unless you know, unless it goes the other way that they really want this bike, you know, your KLR, then maybe it's a great trade. Yeah, I think it's just that either one would serve the purpose. Because that would be my concern is, you know, uh, I got the bike and now I feel a little weird putting it on the market a year later because mm-hmm. it was a straight trade and whatever else, right? That's yeah. There's some of those, you know, underlying mental, emotional concerns that could come along with that that yeah. might make it worth keeping. That's why I say if you're just looking to keep it for another year or two, then maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think right now I'm leaning towards just holding on to the KLR. But it's an interesting proposition. It is. And I appreciate the offer. It's so definitely a great proposition if the KLR has some bigger issue and you need a bike for the uh, ride this year. Yes. You can go well, steal yeah, that bike and I bring think it back. that that's still fair. That's fine. And we're, I'm able to do that if I need to, I'm good. sure. So. Because, uh, yeah, now you have no excuse not to come with us. Oh, now that I is. know this bike is sitting waiting for you, there's no out. Yeah, and I've tried to plant the seed with the wife, so we're, we, I've started at least earlier than I did last time. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And that's always, uh, like we talked about, you know, yeah. some of the family obligations. Are, yeah. That's the number one priority in our lives. And yeah, so it's, that's fair. You know, you got to make sure that everything's cool there. But it's also cool, at least in my opinion, I know my wife feels the same way, that it's generally, you know, you got to have some time to do what you love. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you start having other issues, of, right? If there's, yeah. You know, you can't get out and do a few things that you like. Maybe it's not the best idea to disappear every night until 10 o'clock on your bike. But yeah. more power to you if you can. Yeah. yeah. I know that we doesn't work own. in my Some house. people are pretty, <laughs> pretty open to it. But, uh, yeah, I, I like being home, though, honestly, yeah. and being around the family. So I'm okay with that. But this would be a good adventure to go with you guys. We'd and love check to have you along. I love that area. And uh, I'm hoping that when I make that's it, true. I'm going to say when. There that I'm go. able to contribute. Yeah, you'll to be the uh, resident kind of information expert. about the areas and places that we can do some offshoots. At least for those of us willing to take a little jaunt, if desired. Nice. But we've kind of gotten off the topic that you tried to present, no, which we is haven't. your bike. No, see, I was gonna. Your bike is the talk here, man. Okay. Okay. So why an XT? Why not a Shadow Seven Fifty? Why are you looking at a dual sport, Brad? I, I'm yeah. actually curious. You know, it's not that I'm wanting a dual sport. It's just an interesting proposition. It was okay. an offered trade. And so I'm going, okay, I enjoy and I love the KLR. Don't get me wrong. Okay, a little bit bigger if we were going to do these BDRs is interesting because I'm getting closer to that between the 250 and 650 range yeah. that I originally desired. I think that I'm getting a lot closer to it even with this 350. So it was. it's just a thought that it would work. And I could ride it for a while longer and then maybe not make a large purchase yet and be happy for a little while longer, potentially. So now you talk about some of these haunted shadows. Can't say that I love it, but I mean, there's some, there's some interesting, uh, that's an interesting debate because I'd be on a larger bike. It'd, it'd cruise a lot better down the road. 
I think that that would be a lot of fun too. So for a while I was looking at Craigslist and I was just kind of checking out, you know, $1,500 or less. Just what can you get for that? You know, whether that be um, something older or something newer that's just maybe just doesn't hold its value from new as well as the others. And so, I mean, those come up quite a bit. Yeah, I think I mean, that's why I said shadow, not necessarily because that's the bike you want, but mm-hmm. you know, there's there's definitely a clear 20-year-old small cruiser market that is yeah. just full. Mm-hmm. I mean, Craigslist, you just open up right now Craigslist mm-hmm. and of the top of the first 100 bikes, 80 of them are 15 to 20-year-old cruisers. Yeah. You know, in that 700, you know, 600 to 800 yeah, cc You, you range. can get something in the 2000s, which to me, at least, I yep. feel like that's not very old. <laughs> okay. I have the same opinion, but I realize <laughs> that we may not be yeah, yeah. amongst the popular High schoolers that opinion. were born after that time would uh, suggest otherwise, I think. But regardless, uh, there's, there's some good bikes out there. You know, there's, it depends on what I want to do with it because you can look and... Uh, you can get onto more of a um, maybe more like a street bike, street oriented. So you could get into like sure. a smaller GX um, GSXR 600 or something along those lines for a relatively low amount of money. Or you can get onto one of these that are maybe less popular, like a V Star or some. Uh, cruiser style Honda or whatever it may be for relatively low. I don't know. I, I can't get excited about it though and that's why I'm kind of stuck on the bike that I enjoy. So I agree with you. And now I'm curious your opinion. Why, why aren't you excited about a 750 Cruiser? I don't, I don't know. I, I have ridden I wouldn't say a 750, but maybe I think it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was a V Star. It was nice. I've mm-hmm. ridden a you know late 90s uh, Fat Boy. I've ridden you know a 76 Shovelhead or 77 Shovelhead. I mean they're they're fun, but I don't get as excited about jumping on them and riding them around. I don't know if it's because I like to really lean into the corners. And okay. so the ninjas and other things kind of look appealing because I that's the areas that I love to ride. It's not the straight stretches. Anybody, I can take the KLR pretty fast. Not, I mean, top speed's 80 if you look online. I beg to differ. Having seen you go fast, I beg to differ that you can take that fast. I mean, you, I, you didn't you die. I, you can. I'm just saying that it's, <laughs> to go straight, I mean, any, any bike can go straight very sure. quickly. It's well, the bikes... Debatable. The bikes that can actually go through the twisties are what make it fun. And they can all go through them, but some of them are more catered to that. And there's a certain thrill and a grin factor that I take into consideration. Sure. That's what gets me excited about some of these other bikes. I mean, even your bike, I there's some appeal to your current Triumph. For whatever reason, I've seen it perform. It seems like something fun. It's a little bit, for me... Out of the norm of what, at least I understood as a motorcycle growing up, it was either Harleys or Shadows or some cruiser-style bike, or it was an off-road or dual sport. Those are what I saw growing up. It wasn't these other crotch rockets and other uh, Street Fighter-type motorcycles. So maybe because it's out of the norm from what I grew up with, those have an appeal to me? I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that was a big draw for me for that bike originally, and still is something I love about it. Is yeah, you know, it is this, you know, it's got a cruiser sound. Mm-hmm. It's fairly loud. Yeah, that you know, twin exhaust is is loud and and kind of chirps or doesn't chirp, kind of yeah. barks at you. Yeah, um, but it kind still of has that kind of yeah, styling. naked cafe styling. Yep, I like that. But it's got you know a little bit of aggressive suspension, so it's kind of that little mix of everything that I like about a bike. Right, it's got yeah. the sound of a cruiser. You know, the the look of a cafe bike, but the handling of a dual sport. Right. Um, I, that might be extreme. It doesn't handle like a dual sport, but it has some travel. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've ridden it off-road a handful of times, and it's not a dual sport, but it, it has can some do travel. It, yes. it, it doesn't, yeah, it's not inept. Right. It's just definitely not your best choice. Um, you know, truth is, at this point, with enough with the trips that I do, and when I ride, generally I'm going anywhere from my house is at least a 30-mile freeway shot. Mm-hmm. I'm just 30 miles up the highway. Yeah. And my house is not too far from the highway, so I, I need a sixth gear. That's really the downfall right now is I live, you know, where the freeway speed is 70. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not the slow guy on the freeway, I'm going 75, maybe 80, unless there's officers listening. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't cruise at that speed comfortably. <laughs> they, uh, you know, the, the bike wants to sit, you know, 55 to 65 is very comfortable on that bike. Right. And in fifth gear, once you go a little faster than that, you're kind of, you're pushing some RPMs, which is fine for 30 miles. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it doesn't have a lot after that. It's funny because my KLR and even the XT350 are going to cruise. The XT will do it even better than the KLR, but 55 sure. to 60 is a sweet spot for it. Yep. And then you can push that. I rode regularly at 70 miles an hour, and it wasn't too bad. But you're definitely pushing the RPMs at that point. It's just funny. I mean, the KLR has a sixth gear as opposed to yours, and I'm <laughs> surprised that yours doesn't have... Yeah, sixth gear. Did, the, the did they ever ones, say why, or do the new ones have it? The new ones do. Yeah, since they went water cooled, they all have sixth gear. And I think that oh. was the biggest complaint. I, I've read, you know, even when buying it, some people complained about that being fairly new to the street world. I, I wasn't that concerned because mm-hmm. I didn't know that I would want to go faster, right? Yeah. And and truth is, for like our trip last year around mostly side roads and twisties, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It had no problem last year, and I had no complaints. But, you know, two years ago when we went to Salt Lake and down through all the Utah National Parks, that it was breathing heavy the whole time. Yeah. I was running it hard for two days straight for the most part there and back. And then on the offshoots in between, going through Idaho, or uh, sorry, not Idaho, going through, well, yeah, through Idaho, but through Arizona coming yeah. back from, from the Grand Canyon, there's just a large stretch. Everybody's going 90 out there, and I was just ringing it out to the point where you were staying. It got unhappy because the police officers are listening. No, none of that. I mean, I was going with traffic, and it was you, <laughs> yeah, in that road enough boats coming back from Powell. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go slower. Okay, those guys are moving with their you know Malibus and other high end boats. I mean, being on the side of the road for a little bit after that one, it was it was scary how fast people are going down that little two lane. So you know you got to be able to do it, and that bike did it, but got had trouble. So let's. So the thing that for me is, I don't think that you hate your bike, and I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I mean, what would you recommend your bike to another person that was in the market for something like it? I think the Bonneville series, whether it be the Bonneville T100s, the the new ones, the T120s, even the T120. I mean, that's a cruiser. Mm-hmm. It's a cruiser that can corner and handle better. 
Okay. I, I would buy that. If I were looking for a cruiser, I would buy probably a Scout or a T120. Okay. I would be looking at Triumph or Indian if I yeah. wanted a cruiser right now. Yeah. Because they can corner. Yeah. Um, that's the appeal for me with a Scout. Yep. That's one cruiser now, as well. That's I think the Scout is but it's new. still doesn't corner quite as well. I think the Bonneville still top that in, in really? its cornering angles. But... Scout's also a very fun bike. It's a cool bike. Looks now, good. Does the does the T one twenty does it ha, is it higher revving? I don't know that it's higher revving, but it's now a twelve hundred, so it's just a uh, bigger, okay. more horsepower, more torque. It's a bigger engine. Weight and everything. Sorry, yeah, I got you off track. A little heavier. But... No, you're fine. And and so the, the Scramble, I would hundred percent recommend it. In fact, if I could afford two bikes, I wouldn't sell it at all. Okay. Because around town, there's it's so fun. I've yeah. ridden a handful of bikes and. It is by far the funnest bike. I mean, that's why I bought it. I went out to the dealership, and they were nice enough to let me take a test ride. And, you know, the, the salesman jumped on a, a used bike at the lot and took me, you know, guided me through this te- test ride through the twisties. And coming from dirt bikes, having test ridden four or five bikes prior to that, trying to figure out what I wanted, that bike just felt like a glove. I mean, I, yeah. I got on it, and I was so comfortable. It was so well-balanced. It was great. I loved it. I loved There's every something of it. to be said about when you take a test ride, and if if any dealerships are listening, I think this is important. That and you're going to lead them. Take it down a road where I understand we have new riders, but take it down a road where people can actually get a feel for the bike. When you just get on the freeway and you get off the freeway and you just go through the town, to me, it's not the same. Sure, I got to go for a ride. I got to feel it a little bit. I got to get on it. I got to roll on the throttle. I got to, you know, but it's not the same as going through the twisties. So for you, it may it may not have been a selling point had you not done the right ride, I guess is what I'm getting at. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. The ride, and it's the ride they always do. So kudos to Latos. I'll even give them props for this. Kudos yeah. to Latos because I think this is the ride they always take people on. Okay. And it's just a nice twisty road, but I like the one-on-one guided tour. Yeah. Right? He jumped on a sport bike and kind of got a feel. First couple corners, he's hitting it not not crazy hard, right? He wasn't going to go down by any means. Yeah. But he's hitting it hard and seeing how fa- how close I follow, where I'm at with my riding. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, I tried to push it a little bit, but I was pretty new at that point. Didn't really want to wreck a new bike that wasn't mine. So right. I took it a little easy. And he then at that point straightaways would jet ahead to let me get on it. Kind of feel how quickly the bike gets up to speed, mm-hmm. but on corners wouldn't push it. And he kind of saw how I ride and tried to kind of mimic that as leader mm-hmm. to keep me at a good pace where I could enjoy every minute of it. And they did a great job at that. Uh, it was Jason over there at Latest who no longer works for Latest, but he did a great job to the point where you know I've talked to him since, and he's he's so a so the guy. biggest thing he did is he pushed put himself in a position where he could still see you but gave you room. Yep, and it wasn't because I've been on group rides where they bring out the demo trucks. And it's, you know, eight guys, 12 guys in a line mm-hmm. that are all going at the pace of the slowest bike. Yeah. Which is fine, and you get a chance to ride it, but then you yeah, get... I guess that's what I was getting at when yeah, talking you about. You get these arguments of, you know, don't don't leave yourself space and hit the gas. Don't leave a gap. You know, there's all these little rules that if you don't do that stuff, and everyone does. You look at the line, and, you know, every two minutes there's another guy with a 100-yard gap between the guy in front of him, so you can hit it and feel how the bike yeah. gets up. When I took our test ride... That's how I, in that atmosphere, that's what I did. Is I wanted to, what does this, what does this do? Does it feel, how much fun can this be? And no. you can't tell that when I'm, you know, right on your tail. No, you can't, you can't tell much of anything. 
the uh, and you know to Brad's PSA here, you know that I don't think that the demo demo trucks come with guys from the factory. At least the Yamaha day I did, where got two Yamaha distributors. I don't know where they came from, Yamaha corporate, but two guys that were not part of the dealership. Yeah, they were not associated with this area. area. They traveled in from who knows where to lead these rides, and they travel with the truck, and they lead these rides. These two guys, Mm -hmm. and uh, so they don't know the area. But I would agree that the dealers should take an opportunity, or if that's not in the time frame, you know, the the company itself, the parent company or corporate or the distributors, whoever's establishing these demo rides, probably the distributors, need to take, you know, two hours before whatever it is, a time before they unload all the bikes to sit with one of the guys in the dealership that knows the area and get taught a ride. Yeah. Right? Because the dealership knows where to go. Yeah. Some dealerships, I agree with you, don't necessarily take you down. They take you on a square around the three blocks and it's a square and you're back. Yeah. But some dealerships like latest take you on an awesome ride. And so if there's a demo day with corporate riders that are, you know, corporate leaders or whoever's leading that, that trip, you know, it would make a lot of sense for the dealership to take a few hours before it starts to kind of say, Hey, here's a really good ride to take everyone on. We'll mm-hmm. get the ride experience. Cause then even if you're going slower, at least if you get to lean and have a little fun on a twisty road, it would be better because I, I, we both were on one where it was basically just a square around, you know, a 10-block square around the dealership. And Is this the one that you pissed off one of the leaders because you followed along on your Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't know I was just following you along with my with my scrambler and tried to, tried to let me in the group and I was waving him by and he was getting pissed until he realized that I should be waving him by because <laughs> I'm not part of the group. Yeah. I didn't want him to be liable for anything I was doing. Yeah. Not on their bikes. But yeah, that, that one was... But that was a... You know, I agree. I went on the Yamaha demo ride. Okay. And it was a different road. It was much better. Right. Still wasn't, you know, the most ideal and the speeds... And that was through the same low. dealership too. Through the same dealership. Yeah, yeah. But it was just that I, either those guys went and mapped out a ride first mm-hmm. instead of just looking at the easiest route they could find on a map. Yeah. Or whatever they did, they planned a ride and it was yeah. a good I think that all dealerships should have a good ride. Now, I know at some you can even, on a used bike, you just go in, you give them your license. I don't know how much paperwork you actually have to do, but they'll let you just take the bike. Yep. And if that's me going to a dealership that I'm not maybe familiar with the area within that, that it's within... I'm going to ask them for a good ride, but I want it to be a good ride. I don't want it to be, oh, well, you take this exit, and then you take this on or off-ramp, and then you circle back around on Z Street, right? So, anyway, that's interesting. So, on a new bike, I mean, you've talked about several different things. I mean, where are you leaning today? I know that you. we were talking yeah. last time, we were talking BDRs. I mean, is that – are you – leaning towards that a little bit more i mean we watched a video at work with a bunch of enthusiasts and not at work sorry (laughs) let me clarify nobody was watching i'm looking around anyway um did that spark some more interest i mean where do you where do you stand so it did and this is an that's why i was asking you you know why a dual sport why not a chopper because i'm curious where you're at on that because I love the idea of these BDRs. I like the idea of getting out and adventuring. We've talked about it, and I believe most of it was on the air. I don't know. that I you know, I used to ride, drive a Jeep, loved adventuring yeah. on that, and a yeah. bike would be just a different experience of the same game. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be outside of my wheelhouse or out of my comfort zone to do that. My biggest concern is people to ride with. Now, we watched this video of the BDR and kind of chatting with some of the guys that were in the, you know, watching this with us at lunch. They were... Uh, 
you know, there were a lot of comments of that would be fun, but we should truck dirt bikes out and have a base camp and just ride in that, you know, 30 square mile area. Yeah. yeah. And that was basically Well, that's fair. Comments. I mean, that could be a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. That could be but a lot of fun, but it's adventure. back to now I'm sitting in that quad cab with four guys and pit sweat and it just isn't right. I'm okay with that. And I'm I, okay it can with be okay. I've just done it enough that no. But yeah, a dirt bike trip is a dirt bike trip. It's not an adventure trip. Yeah. My problem is it goes back to, for me, I, have, I haven't I have spent a lot of time around this area out adventuring. Sure. So for me, holding on to the KLR 250 or the XT3, whatever it ends up being, there's a lot around here that would just be a blast. If I had somebody to ride with, to your point, yep. I'd be more apt to just hold on to it. Now, a lot of guys go out and they do dirt bike riding, and I can jump in on that. And I think that either one of those would do – I'd do fun. It would be fun. I would have fun. Sure. But being able to explore other areas and not be confined within this off-road area would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I agree. That's kind of the concern I have is it, it becomes an adventure when you're not sleeping at the same place every night. Yeah. Right? When you're in a new city every time. Mm-hmm. And that's even these road trips we do that, you know, four, three days, still an adventure because you're in a new town every night. Mm-hmm. You spend an entire day riding back roads. Yeah. And, you know... The trip to Salt through through Utah that we did was you know eleven days through different towns and mm-hmm. some of the days were shorter than others whatever it is but you're in a new spot we yeah. camped a good portion of that yeah. and that's the adventure in it to me it's the exploration point A to point B in it because I can have an adventure in a day but I can go on an exploration sure over a few days where it's a blast the whole time and you're seeing something new you're not driving back and forth in a specific yes. area. I'm going to see something new. We're being ch- called. We are being summoned. Uh-oh. Anyway, so <laughs> the phone's ringing in the conference room that we're in. We're probably being told that we need to exit. But, um, I, you know, I don't – I just need somebody to ride with that wants to kind of go out and do a lot of that stuff. You know, I think the hard part is getting people that will do the ride. Yeah. Because we look around here – and they, uh, you know, talking to all the guys after that trip, and they're not wanting to do it. And I think these trips, you look at the BDR videos, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, seven, eight guys for the one in Utah. There's like 13 that did the California, whatever it is. There's a large number of guys and girls, I shouldn't just say guys, guys and girls that are doing these trips. And that's what makes it fun is you get to camp at the end of the night. Everybody's talking about the day and what was hard and what was fun and what they learned and what was yeah. scary and How what they I'm saw. Aging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and what hurts, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. And that that's the adventure of it is to have that bonding time at the end sure. where you can just enjoy each other's company and have that the end of that adventure, that, that exclamation point at the end of the day. And I know you get that on those dirt bike days with the base camp, but it, it just takes that adventure away. And so because everyone wants to do these dirt bike multi-day single base camp trips, that, you know, I have a dirt bike. I can yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything else right now. Sure, I'm done. I can do that, and I don't need to spend money on a dual sport. And, yeah. you know, if we had five, six guys that were really wanting to go out and start doing BDRs and these adventure trips, I would be very convinced to get, a you know, some middle middleweight adventure bike. Not even a 650, but maybe even bigger, you know. Yeah. Yeah. An older KTM 990 or an old Tiger 800 or a G, you know, GS 800. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's enough little bikes that are kind of that... Just under a grand, even the new, uh, the new Africa Twin. I mean, there's there's a plenty of bikes that are nice that that would be great for those trips. But 
if I'm the only guy going, I'm, I know better. I've, I've been stuck out overnight in a Jeep stuck in a spot because I went solo wheeling. Mm-hmm. And I got stuck and got stranded overnight because I couldn't get out. I had to go flag someone down on the main road and get to a phone where I could call a buddy who showed up, you know, early, early the next morning. And that's a nightmare. Yeah. And on a bike where you don't have a warm vehicle to stay in or anything, that can be its own nightmare that's life and death. Yeah. you got to have a group. And it doesn't look like, you know, we've got that in our realm of influence right now. We have a few guys. We have a few guys that are really excited about doing this. And that's true. And having this become the norm. And I think it only takes a few of us to start persuading the group. Now, they can come and they can talk to me about how I think this is going to happen. But I think you get enough guys that are excited about it and they see how much fun we're having in the areas that we go, even if it's close or far. I mean, last year... Uh, they're going to get excited about it. I mean, last year they had a, an adventure where they kind of did this, where it was on and off road, a route, and it sounded like they had a great time. There's a few guys that may not have been plated that were. Now, are we talking about the Steens Mountain trip from last year? No, that was not the Steens Mountain trip okay. last year, was it? I know there's a group that did it uh, last year or the year before. No, no, this is last year. Okay, and locally they... here, uh, we had uh, Ken McCurdy had gone on it and was talking about. Now that was a base camp trip. That was a base camp trip? Are you talking about just the single day ride? It, I think it was a single day ride, but it was on and off of main roads. Sure. So sure, it sure, was, sure. they were going somewhere. It wasn't all off on a trail and system. Now that, but again, I'm, I'm still, and I'm happy to do that. I'll take my dirt bike on and off main roads. It's got a headlight and a taillight. Sure. I, I'm not going to get pulled over, especially in a group, for having that. But it's this multi day, two, three day. Go out to the, go up Mount Hood and go as far as we can till it gets dark. Set up camp in the best campsite we can find and come back at the very least. Yeah. Right? I'm talking at least two days to make it an adventure. Now, what is the adventure? What is the dual sport uh, event that they do up near Mount Hood? There's there's a name for it. It seems like there's a yearly event up there. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Uh, there's one up in up Hood River. I know we've got a couple guys here that run it. Yeah. And it's heavily based. I don't know if heavily based, but has a large supporting for Urals. Okay. A lot of sidecar Adventure. Oh, rally. really? Yeah. From okay. The Earl with sidecar. It's pretty cool. I want to say like Bulldog Rally or something like that. I don't know if that's right. But Black Dog. Black Dog sounds right. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I'm sorry that I can't but remember they, it either. Uh, but I, I'm just saying that those kind of adventures but would still, be what sparks the interest on. Okay, we've rally. been doing it. We've only been doing one day's. But then it's like, oh, man, what's the next thing we could do? We could do multiple days. Now that's right? we got to get people excited. A three-day from the same base camp. I understand that, but those kind of events lead to the question of, do I want to do more? What do I want to do? So the big issue right now is the guys with GSs here, with 1,200 GSs, are afraid their bikes are too heavy. Sure. Because they are heavy. And and don't want to do these trips where they're going to drop their $25,000 bike. And I don't blame them. I can't afford a $25,000 bike, let alone afford to drop one. Well, and they have bikes. Suited for what we're talking about doing, but not for they the have, longer adventures. Yep, where you got to have a gas tank back at the, you know, a fuel can back at the truck. Explorations, yeah. Where you can't just go explore for three days. You have to go back to camp every six hours. Mm-hmm. Or you're out of fuel and you can't go any further because you got nowhere to pack extra stuff. Yeah. So, and I'm happy to do that. I've got a bike. And maybe it needs to be a mix. We need to have, I think that there's, other than taking some of these BDR routes that have already been laid out. If you could go to some areas and you do a base camp adventure where you find routes and you connect your own routes and you create your own multi-day ride. So maybe you go to several areas, 
you figure out some route that's fun or some area that, oh, like, this keeps on going. This is pretty cool. Where does this go? Oh, well, we could camp there the next time and find out where that goes. And then you create a yearly, even if it's the first ride of the year that everybody goes on and it's a three-day camp out, ride from this point to this point, circle back, whatever it is. I'm just trying to figure out how to get people excited about it. Because I could get excited about that. I seem to do it. I don't know. It feels like it's two different worlds and we're trying to combine them. I'm just trying to get people's interest sparked to plant the seed of what this could be like. I think we need to start sneaking dirt sections into our multi-day rides. How did that go last time in Utah? We had some complaints. (laughs) Okay. But for the most part, everybody (laughs) looked back fondly on that moment where they were all scared to go on the dirt in their bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I Until warned, nobody keeps on going. In all fairness, I told everyone that there was a small dirt section. I didn't <laughs> tell them it was a 40-degree switchback up a cliffside <laughs> for three miles. <laughs> three miles doesn't seem that bad. It wasn't bad, but it was steep. Yeah. And, yeah. Right? Okay. No guardrail and whatever else. It was, a couple guys were pretty scared. Rock chips. Can't have those. Yeah, yeah but... They weren't going fast enough to kick up any rocks. I might have. <laughs> and me screaming by back and forth probably wasn't helping. But <laughs> uh, I could fair. see getting very much into the adventure riding, the multi-day, whether it's BDR or just multi-day adventuring. Yeah. But I also feel like watching, we just watched the Utah BDR, and yeah. it feels like some mix of what we did two years ago with some of those off-road trails mm-hmm. seems like more what I would be into. So I feel like a big adventure bike is the right choice for me. Those were all big adventure bikes. And most of what there. they're doing is the same thing I would want to do, is hit a dirt road and go off on it. I don't necessarily need to find the most challenging single track on a 12-day ride because mm-hmm. i got to get that bike home. Those were the parts, though. If you watch that video, those parts where they were in a technical area... Even though they may have kind of complained, they went back and forth through it. They enjoyed it. Sure. It made it exciting. Sure. So, I don't know. A technical route can be fun. But I agree. But you create, there's more opportunities for issues. And I also, I mean, we, we have opinions around here that, that you can't or you shouldn't do that on those big heavy bikes, but I... I beg to differ. Guys do stuff like that or worse all the time on those big heavy bikes. Theoretically, that's what they were designed and built to do. Yeah, some of them are more catered to it than others, sure. I think. But you look at you know the twelve ninety KTM's and the you know the GS twelve hundreds, and you get these bikes that are meant to do that stuff. I wouldn't say if that's all you did was challenging single track trails. It's not meant for that. But when you see it every once in a while. It's not meant to turn around and run. It's meant to be able to handle that. Yeah. So I I just have no opposition to that. I agree that maybe a 1,200, and that, that's getting big. I think those middle weight, 800, 900 is about the right size. Yeah. But I, I think it would be fun. Going back to your original question, I don't think that's the bike I want. Yeah, but it depends you on what's going to be in your garage, right? And you kind of have some off-road bikes in your garage. I have a dirt bike. So if I want dirt, I don't need... Another bike for it. If I want to do adventure riding, I don't have a dual sport, then that would be very entertaining. However, if you're talking a 350 and everybody else is talking about these small day runs or multi-day from base camp, you know, a 400 is relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You can get those for not all that much money. It's something I could save up for in the next few years and also buy. Mm -hmm. 
I've got a couple projects I'm working on. I can complete those. Instead of working three projects at a time, I can work one and have extra spot for two more bikes. Yeah. yeah you know, well, the money's a different game, but I can have room for them. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. It all starts with a spot in the garage. From there, you, you find the money. Well, you just need to sell, sell some more of your Slacker Moto custom parts that That's you right. put together. But I uh, need to get all that up and, and going. Yeah. That's right. It'll be good. It'll be good. We'll get it going. You'll get it figured out. The, uh, you know, but just to, to round out that question as well, I think it's still the XSR 900. You and I were talking about this throughout the yeah. week. I, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, I, I've been back and forth on kind of an FJ09, some kind of a middleweight touring bike with bags and set up to go and, and can do some of that. Yeah, you'd found a 2014 Versus. Yep, an older, I think it was a V-Strom. Well, oh, sorry, it was a V-Strom. V-Strom 1000. Okay. It was new old stock sitting at the yeah. dealership. Pretty dang good price for yeah. what it was. Yeah, um, You know, there's there's some good old bikes floating around, and you can get, you know, the older older V-Strom 1000s for, for pretty good money. Okay. Used. Um, but it becomes a, you know, a debate on, on all of that. When I'm looking at the XSR, especially the new old stocks you can find for the price you can get them. You know, for less than a thousand dollars, you can have a windshield and bags, and you've got yourself a touring bike. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's the bike styling that I want to begin with. I'm not using a bike that is purpose built for just the touring. Yeah, it can now be a street bike the other 360 days of the year. And just yes. for that five day trip, yeah. I can throw on the heart, you know, the rack and bags, and go. Yeah. We just need enough money and time to get five bikes in our garage, and we wouldn't have this conundrum as much so. It'd five be a bikes. new problem. You need five bikes. What would the new problem be? I see no problem. Well, you got, you got space, a Monday bike, and you now got you've Tuesday got. Bike. Oh, I have this one, but I could replace this bike number three with that bike. No, you never want to hear. You've got your Monday bike, your Tuesday bike, your Wednesday bike, your Thursday bike, and then you know what the last bike will be. Be Friday bike. Okay, and then what do I do Saturday and Sunday? Do I drive the Corvette or something? I we gotta, gotta buy a Corvette. You gotta change the oil and. Okay. I don't, don't have to ride on Saturday. You're making this sound really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. That truth is, with five bikes, you would require much less maintenance. Yeah. No, if you were actually riding. Put a lot less miles. On I think you'd one. find that you'd have one or two that you would put the majority of your miles on. I think that's on. true for the most part. But I think that's why you'd have the five bikes is because when you go to do those other events, whether it be an adventure right or if you're going to go off-road, you've got the right tool for the right job. Yep. But anyway. Yeah, I think, I mean, we'll see what happens as time goes on. I'll get some of this maintenance work, get the bike cleaned up again for the new season. I kind of had it ready to winterize and, yeah. and all polished up for the winter. And I didn't really actively sell it as well as I should have. Uh, and now I think I've got it at a fair price finally, but it's time to kind of get it re-upped for the new season. And at that point, I'll put it back on the market. When I sell that bike, we'll see what's available. You know, I never I never thought that you had it at an unfair price. You've had it during the off-season listed sure. this whole time. So it hasn't been off the peak. Well, I understand off and on, but the whole time that you, every time that you've listed it, it has been during the motorcycle off season. Sure. Yes. You started it at the end of last season. Yep. And now we're getting close to this new season. I think the interest is going to perk as people start going. I want to get out and ride. You, you're probably going to have a lot time, a lot easier of a time having people come out and look at it. You're going to always have people barter with you, but sure. 
maybe checking it out as well. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to you getting an XSR 900. I see that being your next bike, honestly. I know you've been looking at a lot of different bikes. Lots of talk. I seem to keep going back to that bike. But I think it's actually pretty awesome. I could see that being your bike and you having a blast on it. I think it's going to be a riot. So I'm looking forward to you getting it. I found, you know, it's got good bags. It's got a good setup to where for less than a grand I could have it set up completely. Utilitarian-wise, obviously there's a lot more stylistically I'd want to do with my own work. So you'll be training it in this weekend and we'll be hearing about it next time we do the podcast. It runs through my head every day. (laughs) Should I just trade it in and move on? But private markets, it's the way to go. Yeah, If you can sell it there, you're you're better off. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, answer your question, I'm still still on that XSR. Yes. As long as I can find a, a good one at a good price, that'll be what it is. I don't know that I'm willing to pay full price for the XSR, but right now there's options. Okay. If there are where my bike sells, then great. If there's yeah. not, then I'll reevaluate. Okay. okay. By that point, you'll have your bike back up. You know, I should. I want to maybe here shortly. Bike. Maybe. We'll see. I'm waiting for that Indian yeah. Scout in your garage. Right. I would love to have it in my garage, honestly, but uh, yeah, not not right now. Not yet. I don't know. Other priorities. Of course, I, you know, if we go out and start test riding, you never know what's going to happen. And I might be parking it at your house. Hope you're okay with that. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, I'll, uh, like I said, I got, I got three bikes that are going to go in the, next, in the near future. And I mean, there's room for three more. Yeah. Why, why couldn't one of them be your scout? Okay. Sounds great. All right, man. Anything else? Uh, do anything fun this weekend? This week? You know, I don't know. I, I think uh, we're going to be getting our Patreon set up. Uh, that is true. Yes, that's a good point, Brad. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, just something fun. I mean, we're going to put it together. We'd love to get people's uh, you know monetary support if they want to, but we're just trying to get this all set up like it should be. Just to, you know, have fun, make it so that way. Any episodes that we recorded in the past or in the future that we don't publish as our main uh, stream, people can go on, check it out, laugh at us, point fingers, see us, and who we actually are. I think that's going to be the site for it. You've done a lot of work on your Slacker Moto site. That's true. Slack- another, well, uh, so it's now the homepage of the of the uh, podcast. Yes. Slackermoto.com has the podcast or slackermotoradio.com. We'll get you right to that part of the page. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, we've been working on kind of a Patreon page. Uh, you can just search Slacker Moto on Patreon and it should come right up. But, yeah. Uh, you know, no need to, to do that. We're not asking, you know, begging for support or anything like that. But if anybody would like to help us uh, kind of fund the show and reach some of our goals, of course, we're, we're very grateful. And we'll try to bring, uh, you know, offer as many things as we can on the site to yeah. to kind of give back to the community. As well. And it's in process. we got to grow so within much. it as well. But you're, you're not a friend unless you give us a dollar. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's true. We still love you. But, yeah, uh, we do. We do. No, that's a good point. Thank you, Brad. We do um, want to start getting some emails, or even if it's only a friend's listening, uh, you know, hit that's us. A good point. You know, if you hit me in the shoulder in the next two weeks, I know that you listen to the podcast, so please do. Otherwise, uh, we know nobody's listening. Definitely. No, we fact, know people are listening. But make so. sure you run away after you do it, so he never yes. sees your face. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to know who it is. But, but yeah, if you have a, want to send us an email, you can go to either of those sites and shoot us a message. We're happy to talk about any topics that, that come up or yeah, for sure. answer any questions. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with us. We appreciate all the support. Uh, you can subscribe and 
share and, and add a review and to, yes. our, to our page. We'd, we'd appreciate any of that as well. And hope everybody has a wonderful week. Yeah, right on. Mm-hmm.